0: Here we go. Welcome to the we Niagara Super Football
1: podcast. podcast. We had so much great information for you this week that we decided rather than doing a waivers and streamers and start set together... We're going to split them up and do the start sits separately and and release them as a separate podcast. Both of the sections that we kind of recorded were a little lengthy, and when I got into editing, I didn't want to cut any of it out because it seemed like a lot of good information that we were going over. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our start sits for week 12 of the NFL season.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one of the first names that I'm going to bring up, you just brought up uh, back when you talked about quarterbacks. I love me some Jimmy Garoppolo this week going against Minnesota. Yes, they are. Again, they're a bottom feeder when it comes to being able to stop the quarterback. The Vikings have been in a lot of shootouts. They just won one this weekend. Aaron Rodgers, a division Road game. uh, I want to say it was like the first time in like eight years where he lost the division road game, which is crazy to think he owns everybody wears the belt. He doesn't get his uh, vaccine, but he also got handed to him from Minnesota. They love shootouts. So Jimmy G last four weeks, he's been in our league. He's the number seven quarterback overall. He's passed for the third most yards and combined rushing and passing. He's accounted for seven touchdowns over the last four weeks. Debo Samuel helps that and Elijah Mitchell, who will eventually get back. You know, that that offense kind of works and their defense is starting to step up. And San Francisco seems like they are maybe rounding a corner and, and starting to establish a little bit more, getting some people back health wise. I like Jimmy Garoppolo this week versus Minnesota, probably a shootout game. He
1: might hit 300 yards. Yeah. And like I said earlier, he's got tons of weapons on that offense. So sometimes he doesn't even, you know, a little two yard pass can go for a 70 yard touchdown and and he gets credit for all those yards. So uh, I do like that call this week. I'm going to go with uh, a guy that we mentioned in our streamers as well. And I'm going to go with Cam Newton this week. Cam has been a fantasy producer pretty much since returning to Carolina. He's scored just over 43 fantasy points. In basically a game and a quarter. I mean, he really he started this week, but he kind of only came in for seven or eight plays two weeks ago. And the thing I like most about Cam is his rushing ability. I love quarterbacks who run the ball because in fantasy football, you basically just get free points because when a play breaks down, instead of throwing the ball away and taking an in incompletion. These guys, Cam Newton, your your Jalen Hurts, your Lamar Jackson, they tuck it and run with it. And that's just extra points that you're just not going to get from, you know, a guy like Tom Brady, as good as he is, he's, he's just not going to get your, you know, rushing yards. So um, I do like Cam versus Miami, who again is the sixth worst team to quarterbacks uh, fantasy wise. So he is my start of the week. Who are you going to sit this week, Pat? Well, unfortunately... Uh, Ryan Tannehill is going <laughs> is going from that that vaunted Houston Texans defense to a, a really legitimate defense in the New England Patriots this week. Uh, New England is the second-best team uh, versus quarterbacks. Their defense has been slowly getting better and better and is now number two in total fantasy points allowed at only 67.8 points per game. That's only number six points. Two. Number two. <laughs> that's only six points behind Buffalo, who had been far and away number one in that category by, you know, (laughs) leaps and bounds until. Until Jonathan Taylor happened. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that, that definitely contributed to it a little bit. But New England has been, you know, they've been playing stellar defense recently. Titans have been up and down. We've talked about this since losing Derrick Henry. But they've been a little bit more down than they've been up. And New England's defense has been a little bit more up recently. So, um, New England is also the fourth best versus the wide receiver position and second best versus the tight end position. So, Tennessee is also on the road and they're a five and a half point underdog in this game, even though they're the number one seed in the AFC. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you the level of confidence in Tennessee's offense, I don't really know what does. No, I and and again, just to to hammer
0: that point home with Tannehill. Right now, that offense is so out of sync. We just talked about the running back quad committee, and you know AJ Brown got knocked out of the game. He looks like he's okay. Julio's out. Like it's scary. Uh, it really is with that offense. So Tannehill is probably the last guy I would want as my quarterback right now. And another guy who needs to take a seat this week. Uh, unfortunately,'re we're, we're talking to you, Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders, going up against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're in our league they're about the seventh best against a quarterback. It's Thursday, it's a short week coming off of another bad loss against Cincinnati. It's Thanksgiving in Dallas. It, it, all signs point to loss. The last three weeks, they did have a bye week, but over the last three weeks, Derek Carr has only averaged 14 points a game. That's not going to get it done for your quarterback position. Obviously, the coach issue, uh, you know, that was solved. It looked like they were going to get over that hump. And then that bye week really, uh, you know, they they lost a lot. The, the Henry Ruggs issue that turned out to be something that nobody saw coming um has really taken away uh, from a football sense it, it has taken away a major piece of that offense now they did get Deshaun jackson to try to fill that void of the speed guy to stretch the field uh it doesn't look like right now they have it you know they've taken a lot of his. Derek Carr is a good quarterback he really is uh, and, and again he's, he's taking his lumps and he's a leader uh but this week uh he needs to be on your bench against that dallas defense he has no shot to be a top 15 quarterback at best if he finishes top 25 i'll be surprised moving on to the running back position uh we did briefly talk about this gentleman and you know what what the hell i'm gonna make him my start of the week ty johnson from the new york jets uh they're going up against the houston texans they are the about 23rd against the running back which isn't that good i'm kind of playing this in a a sense where Johnson had a couple good games until Carter really got established. And now Carter is out. Carter was over the last couple of weeks, last four weeks, he was running back three, but all the while, Ty Johnson was running back 13. So if you want to take the average of those two, you know, and maybe say he's had, you know, maybe the potential be somewhere between eight and 12, uh, eight to 12 top running back. I will take that. He's going to get the plays out of the backfield. He's going to get the PPR all day. He's got some goal line work that he does get involved in. I do like Ty Johnson this week against the Houston Texans
1: defense. I agree. I'm going to go with Miles Sanders this week versus the New York Giants. Giants are the seventh worst team versus the running back in PPR. Sanders came back off his injury and immediately led all Eagles in running back snaps at 46% and running back carries at 50%. Going up against the Giants defense, it's middle of the pack versus every other position, but they really struggle versus the running back position, especially pass catching running backs, which Sanders has been very good at um, in limited work so far this season. He's got 19 receptions on 25 targets. We also found out that Jordan Howard had a bit of a knee problem and he's going to be out for this game. And I think, you know, obviously one less running back to split the work between gives Miles Sanders and, and potentially Boston Scott and maybe Kenny Gainwell uh, a little bit more you know usability this week. But I think Sanders is the guy, and I think if the Eagles continue to run the ball as much and as well as they have been recently, I think that Sanders could be in line for uh, for a huge game. I, I mean, I think he's got the potential to be – Uh, potentially a a top five running back this week versus the Giants.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I'm not big on Sanders. Um, I know he did cough the ball up, but he did make some big plays this week. It's great to see him get back. And if Jordan Howard misses some time, they're going to rotate that timeshare that is driving the offense. He led the team outside of Hertz in true running back carries. And yeah, he was far and away the, the most effective guy, I think, for that team. As far as who I don't like this week, I don't like Mark Ingram. I don't like him one bit. I don't like him against that Buffalo defense. Here's why. Uh, He's a little banged up with a knee, so this could come to play out where he may not play because it's a short week. Hopefully, he's okay, but I still wouldn't like him in that game. I feel like it's going to get into shootout territory. And again, New Orleans is another team with a lot of injuries on offense and, and question marks. If Kamara's back, it's a whole different story. They may have even kept him out this week so they can showcase him against the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving in a primetime matchup against Buffalo. And I think Buffalo is a little ticked off getting embarrassed at home by Indianapolis. So I don't like Martin Ingram. I think he's going to have a tough time against the six best defense against the running back. At least that was before this week. But again, the six best running back defense uh, in those Buffalo Bills who are going to look to establish dominance against the running back position, uh, against a banged up running back in a short week on Thanksgiving.
1: And I'm going to sit Damian Harris this week versus the Titans. I know that, you know, New England has been very good at running the ball, but the Titans are very good at stopping the run. And I think, you know, part of the reason why we made Mac Jones one of our streamers for the week is because uh, we feel like, or at least I feel like the Patriots are going to have to throw the ball a little bit more this week. The fact that Harris is going to be splitting work with Ramondre Stevenson, the fact that he doesn't really get a ton of targets in that offense makes him really touchdown dependent. And while I do see the Patriots being able to score uh, some points, Tennessee, Tennessee's defense has stepped up in big games and this is another one of those big games. And I could definitely see them shutting the Patriots down and this being a very low scoring defensive type battle. And I just, I, I don't want any part of any of the running backs in this game, not Harris, not Stevenson, not anyone from the Tennessee side of it. This game just isn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a game chock full of fantasy points to me. So um, if I have a better option and then, than then, Harris, I'm going to, I'm gonna to attempt to uh, to go with that instead of uh, relying on a guy who you know is gonna get you know maybe 12, 13 carries and no targets.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, you gotta get with you gotta go with what works. Absolutely. Why receivers? Uh, moving on, uh, who do you like this week, Pat?
1: So, I. I was torn on this one because you sound torn. (laughs) There was a couple guys that I wanted to pick. I know who I went with, but before I say it out loud, I can still change my mind. Um, But Uh, 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 everyone at home, count (laughs) one, go. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk this week. I think that you know Minnesota. They're not terrible defensively, but they're they're the absolute worst team fantasy wise versus the wide receiver position. I know that Debo Samuel is, you know, obviously the the alpha in that offense, especially at the wide receiver position. But Debo is more of like a Swiss Army knife type guy where he just does a little bit of everything. We saw him get a rushing touchdown this week. Um uh, he even but, takes your grandmama's chain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if your grandmama could wear that chain, but <laughs> it's probably why she has back problems. But uh Ayuk is he's starting to finally become you know the guy that he was last year since week 8 he leads the team in targets with 26 and receptions with 20 you know Samuel obviously is still involved in the offense just as much involved but he's getting some of the you know the rushes uh, you know like we said he I think he had five rushes a few weeks ago versus the Rams he I think he had eight I want to say or nine in this game this past week so you know, Samuel's still involved. I'm not saying sit Samuel and start Ayuk or or anything like that. I just think that, you know, like you said, with this Minnesota game, potentially having some shootout, you know, okay. Corral
0: city, man. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and I think that if, if again, you know, your, your start of the week was Jimmy G I think if that comes to fruition, then I think that Brandon Ayuk is going to have to have a good game as well. So, you know, uh, I'm kind of piggybacking off of you there and and I'm going to, Take Brandon Ayuk as my start for the week. Who are you going with? Uh, Well, again, I appreciate
0: it. I know you do um, obviously get most of your takes from me, Um, but no, okay, in this side. No, okay, in this side, I have to go with uh, Jacoby Myers. I've kept him on my roster all season. I started him every time I take him out of my lineup, he kills it. And this just looks like a juicy matchup. Again, we talked about how Tennessee is struggling, their secondary struggles pretty much every week Uh, again they lost malcolm butler at the beginning of the year that was just very unforeseen uh that he kind of stepped away from football tied for 13th in targets which is a pretty decent number over the last four weeks jacoby myers finally broke his cherry finally got in the end zone mac jones has really been spreading the ball around and kendrick Bourne makes plays nelson Aguilar has become the Nelson of old who tends to drop big plays. So he's a little less dependable. I, I just like Myers in the spot. I like that matchup. I think that he's, again, he's got the potential to be a solid floor wide receiver to borderline one. I think maybe he gets close to like 20 points. They use him a little gadgety uh, just to keep the defense on their heels, so to speak. And again, this is Belichick against Brable. This is uh you know, master versus apprentice, so to speak. So he might try to show him up with some trickery. And I love me Jacoby Myers in that spot against Tennessee based off of that matchup. And what about your
1: set? Who are you sitting this week? Uh,
0: I I hate to do it, but I'm going to go. I normally won't try to, but I will go same game and I will sit AJ Brown. Uh, this week against the New England Patriots. So same game, uh, I really hate to do it. Normally, I would stay away from trying to push both wide receivers from the same game in one direction. But the fact that Ryan Tannehill is his quarterback, we talked about him not being that good lately. Knowing that he's coming off a little bit of an injury that knocked him out of the game, a chest injury, but he did look like he's able – it looks like he's able to make it this week. They did have a bye week factored in, but over the last three games – He's only averaging 7.43 points per game for those scoring at home. That's good for a defense. That's good for a kicker. That's not good for their wide receiver position. Double digits needs to be the norm. He had a few big games. We talked about Julio being out. We talked about how the running game has really just sucked the life out of that offense. And if defenses are able to key on him, based on the matchups and, and everything like that, I just think A.J. Brown is in a really bad spot this week against New England, uh, against a coach who knows how to eat quarterbacks alive. And again, I know he's, for some people, he may have been your first, God forbid your first, but your second round pick, you know, based on potential and things of that nature. But A.J. Brown needs to be, uh, uh, You you will find a better option, I guarantee you, based on the waiver wire we told you about. Darnell Mooney, uh, you know people of that nature. Elijah Moore. I, I feel like you you have better options this week for AJ Brown between injury and matchup.
1: Yeah, and then Brown's probably going to draw JC Jackson uh, pretty much the whole entire game, who has been one of the best shutdown corners in the league. Oh, this, he's this he's week. master lock. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it, when they let Stephon Gilmore go, basically, you know, we say, yeah, you want to trade? Fine, get rid of you.
1: Yeah, they they know what they're doing in New England. Yep. And I'm going to sit Kenny Galladay versus the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, assuming he makes it out of this Monday night game healthy, uh, which <laughs> which is you know a tall task for him. But uh, the Eagles are the second best team versus a wide receiver, and I think most likely, if if even if all the wide receivers, if if Sterling Shepard comes back and is healthy, you know Galladay, Slayton, everybody's healthy. Let's assume. I do believe that the Eagles are going to put. Darius Slay on Kenny Galladay. He usually plays the bigger, sort of deep threat type wide receiver, man to man. And if that ends up being the case, then I really just don't think that Galladay is going to be able to do much against Slay. The Giants, they do have other weapons, so I can see, you know, whoever Slay is is, is shadowing the Giants, just sort of going away from from that player and, and not even really targeting him all that much. And the Eagles are a bottom 10 team versus the running back position. And like we said earlier, they're dead last versus the tight end. So, you know, it's just one of those things where why go where things are going to be difficult if there's a a much easier path to success for the Giants. And I think that, you know, if if they're going to throw the ball, going to Ingram, going away from Slay, I think is is the smart play for the Giants. So I would definitely not sit Galladay regardless of how well he does in in this game against the Bucs tonight.
0: Well, ironic twist, uh, ju- this just in, Giants just scored a touchdown to tie the game up. We're, we're recording this as they play Tampa Bay. And Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman, checks in, tackle eligible, <laughs> and gets a 2 yard touchdown reception for the New York football Giants. So yeah, you know, I, that totally validates the Gallaudet <laughs> is trash uh, right now based off of that. And even Ingram maybe is, uh, <laughs> we're going to look for Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle as your tight end uh, streamer for next week. <laughs> um, moving into to my uh, my tight end start of the week, we did bring him up and, and I kind of talked about him for a minute there, but uh, Pat Fryermuth versus Cincinnati. They're middle of the road against the tight end position. He has been tight end four over the last couple of weeks. He's got seven red zone targets. That's a lot. Seventh in total targets. He's he's the top tight end in when uh, it's Pittsburgh's goal to go. So, you know, if it's anywhere inside the five for the most part, he's become a focal point of the offense. And again, Juju going down, probably a big factor of that. Deontay Johnson is probably... I mean, I feel like at this rate, just based on the volume, he's a top 10 wide receiver if the stats don't prove it. Just with the amount that goes his way, we know what Najee Harris is. He's got the potential to be the next Eric Henry. But Pat Fryermuth this week, I feel like against Cincinnati is going to get involved. He's going to make some plays. Uh, I feel like even if he doesn't get the yardage, he's got the potential for maybe two touchdowns in him based off of that. So I like Pat Fryermuth this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Pat,
1: who are you starting this week at tight end? Just to piggyback off your Pat Fryermuth real quick before we move on. Again, he's one of these guys when I was doing the research today that's just not rostered enough. I don't understand. Like, I get that he didn't have a very successful beginning of the year, but he's a rookie and he plays tight end, which is rookie tight ends just don't produce right out of the gate. But now that he is integrated into that offense... I love him as a streamer every single week because regardless of the matchup, I know he's going to get targets. And like you said, I know he's going to get targets in the red zone. So if Pat Fryermuth is available on your waiver wire, you need to go and pick him up, regardless of who you have at tight end, because Fryermuth is a guy that you can start in your flex if you know injuries or bye weeks or whatever. You just go pick him up and, and play him, please. Do us a favor. I'm going to start Tyler Higby this week versus the Green Bay Packers. I know the Packers, you know, aren't one of those. I usually try to focus on those bottom, you know, five to eight teams uh, versus these positions. But I really like Higby this week because the Packers are 15th worse versus the tight end, but they're top 10 versus the quarterback, the running back and the wide receiver positions. Um, they're giving up just over 13 points a game to the tight end position and like we talked about a little bit with the Van Jefferson thing with OBJ still sort of getting in acclimated to that offense. I, I think that Tyler Higbee is, isn't, and Van Jefferson, or, you know, they've been there for the duration with M- Matthew Stafford. I think that both of those guys are going to play a big role in a big game that the Rams sort of, I don't want to say have to win, but it, it's got big playoff seeding potential and I think that Matthew Stafford is going to go with the guys that he knows and trusts in this game and I think Higby is is one of those guys that that hits right where the Packers are are soft who we saw sitting this week at tight end tight end sits he had been a little bit
0: of an up-and-comer and he's still got that potential I am going to sit Tyler Conklin this week, uh, he's going up against San Francisco, their seventh best against the tight end position. He has been really good. I mean, again, last four weeks, he's uh, tight end 11, I believe. He's got a couple touchdowns, some red zone targets, and he's kind of overtaken KJ Osborne, who had been a bit of a high flyer for a couple of weeks. Again, we talk about shootouts. We talk about Minnesota. So to see a player like that get involved where Conklin really sucked out the targets and and balanced the offense out on different levels has been great. But this week against San Francisco, if you're looking to stream him, if he's been your guy for a couple of weeks to get you over the hump, uh, unfortunately, Tyler Conklin will not be that guy this week. You can find a better option out there. We talked about a few of them again, a Jack Doyle concept or Mo Alley Cox might be in order. Uh, Again, I feel like this week, that matchup really dictates that while it's a shootout, and all signs maybe point to yes. Uh, he's probably going to be more involved in pass protection, run blocking, things like that. So I would sit Tyler Conklin this week against San Francisco.
1: And I'm going to reluctantly sit TJ Hawkinson versus the Chicago Bears. The Bears is the 10th best team versus the tight end. And I know Hawkinson, if you have him on your roster, he's most likely a guy that you're not going to sit. But I think he could be in for a long day against the Bears on Thanksgiving. Chicago is the sixth worst team versus the wide receiver, but the 10th best versus the tight end. And with Jared Goff out again, I think the Bears are going to key on stopping Hawkinson. And I think he could, like I said, I think he could be in for a really long day, seeing a lot of bracket coverage. And, you know, the Bears know that there's probably only two guys on that team that are uh, you know, going to be able to beat them. And it's Hawkinson and, and DeAndre Swift. So I think if they focus their efforts on stopping those two guys, Detroit remains winless uh, after this game on Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, it's always a long day when you play for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> um, no, definitely. but and, and it's tough to do. Like you said, it, Hawkinson's, you know, top five guy. But at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a, a tough go for him. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look good for, for your boy uh finally on defense pat who do you like this week
1: well we mentioned them in the streaming section and i'm gonna uh, you know i've been doing pretty well with these start sits so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a little leap of faith here and i'm gonna go with the houston texans versus the new york jets this week Uh, we talked about it a little bit already the the jets are the second worst team to the defense and special teams and you know they're turning the ball over at the high one of the highest rates in the nfl they lead the NFL in interceptions with 18. The next closest team in the league has 13. And the Texans are tied for third with 13 interceptions on the defensive side. Turnovers, you know, I've said this before, turnovers are where fantasy points are had for defenses, you know, defenses and special teams. I mean, obviously, you know, you get your your kick return, punt return, touchdown every once in a while, but those are so fluky and unpredictable that the only thing that you really can predict and the only thing that you can look at is which teams turn the ball over and which teams take the ball away. And for me, this game fits that bill. And I like the Texans this week versus the Jets. Heard that my tight end or my tight ends are already done. Uh, You just like
0: saying the word tight end. I do tight end wide receiver. Yeah, it just gets better. Uh, But (laughs) at the end of the day, it's all about the D and I like, I hate to say it, but I do like the New York football giants' defense this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know the Eagles have had an explosive offense the last couple of weeks, putting up uh, 30 burgers on Denver and New Orleans. Here's the thing I, I mean, again, just watching even as it's going tonight against a very dynamic offense against Tampa Bay. Last four weeks, the New York Giants have been the fourth best defense in our league, at least for NFL.com in fantasy football. The big reason is, and, and I was looking a little deeper on some of their stats, they're really only giving up about 14 points a game over the last four weeks. And overall in the season, they're one of the top teams in points allowed, which does factor in a lot. Uh, those are the those are the things that chip away your defense's points. Uh, you might have a kick return you might have a couple picks you might have the sack again we talked about Indianapolis uh, a few weeks ago where they were you know sitting on sixteen points and then chip away chip away chip away at points suddenly it just chops your legs out and you lose those stats and you go down to the next tier well the Giants are one of the best they are tied for six in the league in total plays allowed so that that's offensive plays minus like sacks that stop plays and things like that Giants quietly have a really good defense. They did last year too. And this is a division game against the Eagles. And this is also one of the ultimate revenge games. The Giants are still pissed off at last year when the Eagles tanked against the Washington football team, thus knocking them out of the playoffs. They they are still just so angry at our team here in Philly. So I think this game is going to be ugly. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be the you know, three yards clad of dust, some, some scraps after, after the whistle. Uh, I think the Giants defense is definitely going to be involved. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully we, hopefully our birds end up with the win, but I, I do feel like they had the potential to get some decent points against this team uh, against the Eagles this week.
1: Yeah. Those games are always tough. Those interdivision games where teams see each other a lot are they're hard to predict because they're usually close and it's just, Guys that are f- really familiar with each other and uh, the way they play. So a lot of new faces on the Eagles. So hopefully that bodes well for them in that game. But I could I could definitely see, uh, you know, Giants did a really good job against Kansas City last week. So or two weeks ago, I guess now. So I could definitely see them stepping up and and playing well. They they their their struggles have been on offense. So I, I actually like Philly's defense against the Giants this week as well. I could definitely see that happening in this being a, a low scoring you know knock them down drag them out game.
0: Yeah, nothing crazy, but uh, you know, I, I think Giants end up with maybe 8 points, you know, which for a defense isn't horrible.
1: That's what we're looking at at our start sits. That's that's the the threshold that uh makes our picks right or wrong. So, 8 points if they can get you 8, then then you're uh, you're in there. All right, so who are you sitting this week at the defensive position?
0: Well, Back in the day, this used to be a really good defense, and it's not back in the day anymore. Um, I really, I really just, I, this is going my gut. I tend to do that sometimes, whether I'm in the fridge or looking at fantasy football. Uh, I'm going to sit the Seattle Seahawks this week against the Washington football team. Again, they're a middle of the road team uh, against the defense as far as their offensive output. Uh, it's a Monday night game. And I do believe it's in Washington. Just something about the Seahawks that you know we talked earlier about how the running back has really just kind of moved over based on injury to Alex Collins. DK Metcalf's going to make his plays. Tyler Lockett is as boomer bust as you get. They're a team that likes to grind things down, and and again they they don't like to do too much crazy things and 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 whatnot. Now they just lost a. Colt McCoy, uh, no disrespect to Colt McCoy. He's a pro NFL quarterback uh, with a very dynamic offensive skill set around him as far as players. And it's a division game. That was a tough game. But at the end of the day, I look at this as um, I kind of look at it as a bit of a a, a trap game I, I mean so to speak to me because they have a division game the following week they have one double digit defensive output game against of all teams shocker the jacksonville jaguars but that's not a that's not a hard road hard team to not get points off of i mean at the end of the day they're they're one of the bottom end defense it's just kind of in the league, uh, you know, overall statistics wise. And that's what really does factor in your points, but to know they're going to play at Washington, knowing that they got to come home and then play against San Francisco, who has really stepped it up of late. Uh, And, and just looking at the slate here, they are, again, they're going to do a Monday night game and then they get a Sunday night game. So again, to me, it just looks like Seattle, you know, I, I know people still think it's the Legion of boom. It's, it's legion of bust sorry uh, and you're not going to do well this week I think against Washington I, I think they're going to be ready for you uh, they're going to look forward to you guys coming in looking ahead to next week thinking you're going to get a quick win and and again I, I think actually Washington's probably going to win the football game
1: yeah I, I mean they looked I mean Washington just beat Tampa Bay so I mean you, you never know what's going to happen in the NFL this year uh, I definitely don't think that you know Seattle by any means is the Seattle of bold so I like that call I am going to sit the San Francisco 49ers defense versus Minnesota. We've talked about this game, you know, a lot. And uh, so I'm not going to really beat anybody over the head with this. But, what I will say is Minnesota showed once again this week, why you don't start your defense against them versus green Bay. They had zero turnovers and scored 34 points. San Francisco's defense has been playing well the last few weeks. They've gotten five sacks, three turnovers, and even had a defensive score. But Minnesota leads the league in offensive turnovers as far as, as, you know, first in offensive turnovers with only six total on the entire year and is second in sacks allowed um, because Kirk Cousins does a really good job of getting rid of the ball. They run the ball well, and it's just one of those things where, you know, you may beat the Vikings because they seem to get into these games where, you know, they just somehow find ways to lose, but it's not because you're you're putting up a good defensive performance against them. They're a very steady, solid offense. And I just would not start any defenses. They are they are actually the absolute worst uh at fantasy points given up to the, the defense special team. So as good as San Francisco has been, I am not starting their defense versus Minnesota this week.
0: Heard that. Yeah. Minnesota shootout game. Uh, don't see many ways to keep that total low. And I can't agree more that. Yeah. They are going to not be a, a solid start this week. Oh, so, well, we just kind of ran through everything folks for those listening again. We appreciate everybody. We're really having fun doing this. We wish everybody out there, uh, the happiest of Thanksgiving's enjoy all three games. I, I guess, unless you live in Detroit and you happen to be picking up on this, but, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're doing this, we're having a lot of fun. We hope you listen, subscribe, like, and look forward to our picks week to week, see how we're doing, keeping tabs on us. You know, Pat and I obviously are, and and it does really bode well for everybody. As far as who we talk about, you know, we're looking at some names, we're taking some deep dives. We'd like to go deep, it's the nine route. So at the end of the day, uh, enjoy your holiday but uh Pat, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I just uh echoing what you're saying have a have a good Thanksgiving. you know we do this for fun and these Thanksgiving games are fun and they're they're really good because you know at least for me I know a lot of times I end up watching the games pretty much by myself and and sort of uh you know because we do the podcast the game sort of becomes I don't want to say work but it, it, it's something where I'm paying attention to things. Uh, you know, a little bit more for research purposes. And the good thing about Thanksgiving is you get to get around family and watch the games with other people and just actually sit there and enjoy football. And I hope that's what everybody gets to do. And uh, hopefully you'll come back and, uh, and listen to us again next week when we give you our week 13 waivers and start sits. Until then. We will talk to you all soon. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Peace. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter at The9Route1 and at Scott from Delco. Our email address is the 9 route FFB at gmail.com. Make sure to click on the little plus to follow the show. And if you like what we do, leave us a review wherever you're listening. Good luck this week, and we'll be back next week with more fantasy info to take your team deep here on the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast.